You are welcome to another exciting episode of CADA Matters. CADA Matters is an awareness-raising program of CADA. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse, a UK-based charity working to prevent and end domestic abuse, especially in Christian homes. Listen to this episode with Gracilis so as to build healthy relationships and keep your home and relationships abuse-free. Good evening. You are welcome to another Thursday evening on Instagram, our live show, Kada Matters. I am Gracilis. Tonight we are discussing domestic abuse and children counseling. And we have with us someone who is extremely capable to do the job and to teach us what to do when it comes to domestic abuse and children counseling. I would let her introduce herself. She has been to this program before, and this is her second time here. And I tell you that people don't usually get invited the second time like that because there's so much to do. But when we see someone who is passionate, when we see somebody who knows her beans and her pepe and her onions, we like to have them again. So Dr. Abaka Obadi, I don't call the right wrong name. Please, could you introduce yourself to our guests, please? Thank you. Good evening, everybody. I am Amaka Obadeyi. I'm a person-centered counselor as well as a CBT therapist. I'm also, I also work in the children's field. I have worked as a child counselor as well as a CBT therapist for children. Thank you so much. So, um, actually, if we're starting today, what exactly is children counseling? Okay. Uh, when we talk about children counseling, we are looking at the opportunity we give to the child to be able to talk in a free and safe atmosphere where they are able to explain themselves to somebody and explain their feelings and their thoughts where they are not going to be hindered. They will be have, they will have the opportunity to be free in that atmosphere. That's all what it involves. Okay, so children can be free when it comes to their counseling. Um, when it comes to their counseling, it's an atmosphere where children are free and they have the opportunity to talk freely. And um, and you know that what we've been doing most times has to do with domestic abuse. Do you think counseling plays counseling of children plays a role in domestic abuse? Yes, counseling children plays a role in domestic abuse because you know in domestic abuse. The children also receive at the other end of all what is happening. They start getting afraid. They are withdrawn. They react. They change their behavior as a result of what is happening in the home. So these children, they are always afraid. They have emotional problem. They have behavioral problem and they need counseling to help them to iron out all these problems they are facing. Uh, Auntie, in your line of work, how commonly do you see people seeking children counseling? And is there an age limit for how young a child should be before they can start to receive counseling? Okay. Well, uh, the age, age per se is not the main thing. The situations of children vary. You know, children develop at different phases, you know, at different paces, you know. Some of them, their situation and their development will determine when they get counseling. But counseling starts quite early. 
preschool age to toddlers from three, four, five. Wow. Counseling already starts. So it depends on how developed the child is. And usually when you are talking about preschool counseling, you are talking about because children express themselves in play. So you have play therapies where the child can be able to play and express themselves inside because they cannot verbalize a lot of the time what is wrong with them. But as they play, they begin to show what is happening to them. Okay, okay. So in other words, what you're saying is that even as low as three years old, a child can begin to have counseling, but their own counseling perhaps is tailored to their age. And that could be in the form of play therapy, therapy mm -hmm. because that's the place where the child is actually expressing his or herself. I'm just wondering if, if, if the children will be playing and, you know, bringing out a doll and doing the things that they see done in their house with a exactly. doll. Okay. Exactly. When they usually in schools, place, place, place to be, it's a group or an organization that goes into school and provide counseling for children in school. I have worked with Place to Be for a period of three years. And when we go into schools, they, they, they have a room where they call the Place to Be room. And in that room, there are all sorts of toys, sand pits, all sorts, water, everything. So the child comes in with you, you sit down, and you help the child, and the child will start playing. And as they play, they show forth some of them. They, some of them can be violent. And what they are showing is what is happening at home. Mm -hmm. So through play, you can begin to pick. And as the child gets older, by seven to nine, some of them are able to verbalize their emotions and their feelings. And when they come into counseling at those ages, they come with their parents. And at times, the first few sessions, you allow the parents to be in. And this, the last bit of the session, the child can be alone if he's, the child has started to trust the counselor. So most of the time, parents come in because parents are also part of the counseling team because mm -hmm. they are taught things to help the child to help them at home, how they can manage themselves. Okay. So um, I like what you said. Uh, you talked about places to be, and you talked about how the different ages of the child could, you know, actually show or showcase what you are going to use. But is there a point where a parent, or are there things a parent will be able to see for them to identify that their child needs counseling? Or do children refer themselves? What, what, what would you see in your child that would make you, you know, say, Oh, I think this child needs counseling? Are there some signs? Are there things that parents would need to watch out for? Things that parents should see? You know, you know, like when they say um, a child is not properly taken care of, you know, are there yeah. things that a, a parent would see that would know that, Oh, these are warning signs. This child needs counseling. Yes, there are things parents mm -hmm. would see. Like okay. a child struggling with their feelings, 
more than maybe they are reflecting more feelings, more than their age mates, it's important to know that oh, there's something really wrong with this child. Then at times, the, their problems get in the way of their daily activities, like even eating, sleeping, all those things, playing, going to school, all those affect them. Then you start wondering, there's definitely something wrong with this child. And the child can have difficulties, especially making friends, keeping friends, and even getting along with their siblings. That's all part of showing there's something wrong with them. Then at times when they have a, a very stressful event, it can happen following a stressful event in the life of a child. And also, if things are not getting better and they are getting worse, then, you know, parents will begin to know that there's something definitely wrong. The problem is that parents don't ask for counseling on time. They tend to wait till things become more difficult. Mm -hmm. But at times when you get to the teens, a lot of them do ask. I have a child presently I'm working with who had asked her mom that she needs a counselor and she recognized that. So there are times when as teenagers, they recognize that there's a need for them to see a counselor. Okay, the, the older they get, they'll probably speak up uh, compared to when they're a bit younger. This might be one question that might be interesting, but I'm sure it's something that some people would like to know. I say, why don't we just pray and pray away? You know, pray whatever is affecting the child. You know, we sort of like as believers believe in the power of prayer. Are there benefits actually of counseling children exposed to domestic abuse? I mean, different forms of domestic abuse. And are there some forms of domestic abuse that children encounter that compulsively would need counseling? Okay. Well, there is no, uh, all children who are exposed to domestic abuse will benefit from counseling. Because what happens is that they come to counseling to explore their emotions. And in counseling, they have somebody who is trustworthy, you know, a counselor who is not judging them, who gives them unconditional positive regard. That means it's not condemning them, it's not putting them down, and it's not arguing with them. Whatever they tell them, they believe them, you know, because children want to be believed. And also, it's the benefit is that they are going to improve their uh, emotional well-being. They are going to increase their resilience to things that is happening to them. They are also going to improve on their emotional side. And also relationships, following counseling, people who have had problems with relationships, they will improve. So counseling is quite beneficial when you think about it. Uh, uh, children, the benefits, they get a lot of benefits. And also, the counselor also helps the children, reassures the children to make them to understand that the world is not as scary as they believe, you know, mm -hmm. because from, from uh, the things they see at home, they are beginning to fear that the world is a scary place. 
So they need that assurance, that trust from a counselor to help them. Well, there are so many benefits then for children being counseled. And I, I'm not sure, I know we, we talked about, we're looking at how common is it for people to get counseling for their children. But with all these benefits, do you, uh, are there barriers, you know, for children who are exposed to domestic abuse getting counseled? Uh, I wouldn't say there is a barrier, but one common thing is the fear of stigmatization. A lot of people don't want counseling because they fear they will be stigmatized or their children will be stigmatized, which is not true. And also, maybe the barrier may be that there's no availability or there's no motivation or there's no, the parents are not educated enough to understand that this child needs this. So all those standards barriers, but the counseling is available if they look in the right direction. So awareness of even the service is a barrier there. There's the yes. culture thing as it were, there's the stigmatization thing as it were, and, and would you say cost is also something that could be hindering people from assessing counseling to for their children? Is it always free for children? Well, it is always free if they go through the NHS. Because and there are also, also there are a lot of organizations like Resolve, it's a children's organization in Manchester that it's free. And there are quite a lot of other organizations that that counseling is free for. The, the main problem is that a lot of people feel inhibited to go into counseling because it's either because of the culture or because of the ideology they have that it is something that uh, is attacked, stigmas are attached to it. A lot of us feel that, oh, it's not somewhere we should go. Okay. If we feel that there's a, there's a certain place where it is okay for you to go and get counseling, but once you start turning professional, well, maybe there might be some mental issues. I, I think it's just one of those things that um, perhaps more awareness would help to clarify things with people. And so, um, can I just find out, does the Bible support counseling? And uh, they support, does Bible support counseling for children? Are there Bible references? Is there something that, you know, we could use as a support from the Bible for counseling? And is there yes. a role that the church can play? Or are there yes, ways also think. that the church hinders counseling for children? Okay. Uh, before I talk about the Bible supporting counseling, also there are private availabilities. Okay. for people to go to and the prices range from 10 pounds to 70 pounds per session depending on the area the area determines and all these things can be assessed from like the bacp website the google you can get information from there i will say that the bible supports cancer especially when we look at proverbs 11 verse 14 when it says talks about guidance, you know, that there is wisdom in guidance. And 
if people are not guided, they can go astray. Mm. So counseling also helps. And it also talks about that in Proverbs 12, verse 15, where it says, the way of the fool is arrogant, and the arrogant person just does not see anything, but he sees his own ideas. But a wise and a prudent man will listen to counsel. So you can see that there's a place for counseling. And also in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1, somebody, if you harden your, your neck and refuse to listen to instruction, you definitely will crash. So it is good. There's a place for counseling. And the church should be a support, should encourage people, should signpost people to places where they can be counseled because it is important that the church helps. The, the church can hinder, especially when we play the holier-than-thou attitude, feel mm -hmm. that, oh, this shouldn't be. No. What the family or the child needs at that point in time is support. Support where they are supported. They are not criticized. They are listened to. They befriend them. They help them. So the church's role, I believe the church is a clinic. And people who are sick go to the clinic. Mm -hmm. So the church will play the role of a clinic so that people can come there and receive help. Thank you so much. Um, I'm just wondering, if, if someone is listening to us today and they're considering counseling, is it possible for you to enlighten us about what a counseling session would entail? You know, are parents always going to be present? Are they going to be told everything the child says? Is there uh, what happens to the confidentiality clause when it comes to counseling children? I'm sure someone listening may be considering taking their child for counseling. They just would like to know what exactly happens in a counseling session. What does it entail? Okay. Starting from the young child, three, four, five years, toddlers, the parents are always there because you know that the child is not used to the counselor. Parents are always there. And also the parents are trained to be counselors themselves to help the child at home. Okay. And when you go up to seven to age nine, usually in the first few sessions, the parents are always there. Or even you can do it in such a way that the first part of the session, the parents is there so that the child we become a bit confident and trusting to the counselor. Okay. And when we come to confidentiality, depending on the age of the child, the parents are supposed to know everything. Unless when we come to the teenage age, there are certain areas, but if a child is suicidal, wants to kill themselves, the parent must be informed you have to break the confidentiality in that part, even to the stick for a teenager. So the sessions, depending on what they are having, if it's a child, it's a play therapy, the parents is there, you talk to the parents and talk to the child. And then as they get older, 
they you can do they do drawings they do all sorts depending on the age and uh, as they go get to teenagers then you can talk with them parents do come in at the beginning and then give them a space of their own So, well, I think that explains that for us and for anyone who is also conceiving this, um, like you, like we've rightly been told that if a child is suicidal, the parents are going to know. So the confidentiality clause, confidentiality clause is not there to hamper or hinder things. But if someone's life is in danger, then that yeah. clause is going to be broken. And you can be sure that your child will not be planning suicide and the counselor will not say anything. You'll be told. So just in case there's a need to check the items in the house, check where you're keeping knives and access to those kind of things. Make sure that your child is not actually secretly buying weapons or getting drugs that they will use to terminate themselves or terminate their life. I think you've already talked to us about uh, perhaps a cost to child counseling. You said that with the NHS, it could be free and then we've got some organizations that um, actually do counseling free for children but quite a lot. Quite a lot. i've got a list of okay. organizations that do counseling free for children okay well, i'll have that list and then try and put it okay up at the end okay. yeah i'll put it up on our on our page so that people can see so it's one thing to know that it is free. It's another thing to know that um, the services are there. But I'm sure a lot of questions some people may be asking is what we'll probably ask when we want to get something repaired. Recently, I got something repaired and I, I should have followed the rules, but I did not. Rather than asking, I just used some sort of judgment and decided to give someone to have it done. But later on, I found out that that was the wrong decision because the person I did give um, everything didn't really go that well, but I should have done my research. So in case a parent is trying to, you know, considering bringing children counseling for, uh, getting that from a counselor for their children, um, how do they choose a good one? How do they know what to watch out for? And then how can they prepare best so that they can benefit the best for each session? Okay, good. Uh, that is, if the parents want a private counsellor. Okay. But if it's the NHS or the other organization, most of the people, or virtually all the people who work in these organizations are professionals. The most important thing in counselling is to be able to have a rapport with your counsellor, because that goes a long way. Some people... You meet them their first day, they have a rapport. And once there's a rapport, there's a trust, there's an openness, because once you are open, you are able to bring out a lot of problems and your, your counselor will also help you. So if you are looking at a private uh, counselor, you want to go through the BACP website. There's a register there for counselors. You can read about them and you read what people, people do reviews as well. Oh, okay. And then you can get information from other people. Maybe they view somebody and they feel, oh, this person is all right. So when you, the most important thing is that like 
getting a counsel for your ch child, especially yeah, in relation to uh, domestic abuse, you want to get a counselor who is involved with the work of domestic abuse because not everybody works in that area. So that also is helpful. And uh, then when you go to the counseling, the most important thing is to be able to trust the counselor, to be able to open up. That is where the benefit, because some people come to counseling and they are closed. They mm. don't want to say anything. Definitely that will take a longer time. Mm -hmm. But if you come and you open up, you're able to establish a rapport quickly and then the work goes on. Wow, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't go there thinking that the counselor is going to be a magician and will pull out everything for us. We should be ready to cooperate and actually engage with the counselor. Um, one other thing I'm just going to ask, because I know you mentioned it at the beginning, and maybe something that could be burning in the hearts of someone. You said that you're a CBT um, trained person. Therapy. Yeah, therapy. So what, what, is there any difference between um, using CBT and then counseling itself. Yes. CBT is a talking therapy as well as counseling. But in CBT, what happens is that we, it is like we said, it's evidence based. There's evidence in what you are doing. You teach skills. Children learn coping skills. Usually a lot of therapies in in, in domestic abuse, use CBT because it's a trauma. So we do a, a trauma-focused therapy, which is helpful to help the child and the parents go through trauma. But for little children, counseling, it's all right because it's they want to be heard. They want somebody to listen to them. They want somebody to believe them because a lot of the times is that they are not believed, even when they are speaking to their parents. As well as parents seeking counselors, they also need to help the children by believing them what they say, because I don't think they will be falsifying things. What they are telling them, parents should believe them and be able to trust their children too, because that goes a long way to help a child. Mm. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Because uh, I was wondering, and I think some people might be wondering, I say, could you also use CBT for children? But thank you for distinguishing and letting us know that um, concerning children, there's a certain age which we can actually begin to use CBT. We are yes. rounding up now. We've been looking at the time, trying to make sure, understanding also that we had a few itches. But before we go, we would like Dr. Bade to tell us her final words when it comes to domestic abuse and children counseling. And can you also be approached if someone wants you to cancel their child? Yes, but that will be on a private basis. Okay. Because if you go through the NHS, I work for the NHS, you go through the NHS, you will get a free service. And I believe that the NHS is capable. So, all you want to do is go through your general practitioner who will direct you, refer you to whichever services you want. So uh, my final word is that parents should be trusting to their children. 
they should be able to believe them even even with counseling a lot of work still rests on the parents to reassure the child to make the child understand that yes these things have happened but i'm here to support you at this time so that these things will not repeat themselves and you know that a lot of this uh, domestic abuse end up affecting the life of a child mm. in old age and they too they repeat the pattern of what they have seen and it also affects their mental health so once they are assured parents are there for them and they begin to learn that yes these things have happened but it can be corrected and there is a repair by emotionally talking to somebody who is there for you wow wow i think and i think i like that because you you, you said that all hope is not lost so if, if your home is one that has been catalyzed by domestic abuse and perhaps you're looking back at your life remembering what we talked about last week concerning adverse children experiences and you're thinking what's happened to me, to me is happening to my children it actually happened to me when i was younger perhaps i'm even the one perpetuating the domestic abuse we've been told today that it's important for these children to have counseling it's important for them to know this is not all that life is or where life ends because that you can change the narrative and, and that's something we, we need to understand that the narrative can be changed and it's part of changing the narrative that's why we're here on this program raising awareness every thursday talking about domestic related matters especially as it pertains to the faith because sometimes we hide behind the faith we hide behind our culture and we do what is not right I want to say a big thank you to everyone for staying with us today. Thank you, Bola Witiwatemi. Thank you, T Bobby. Thank you, Yet Two O. Thank you, SO Two O Two O One Four. And thank you also to all those I couldn't mention and those who would come back to watch this. I want to say that it is always, always a pleasure for us to be here. We're going to be here next week. We're still talking in the lines of children, and someone else is coming to speak to us on teen dating violence. So you see, it's a, a whole line for children. This um, past for the next four, we've been doing that for three weeks now. Next week will be the fourth week. We'll still be looking at children. So I'd like us to join. Don't just come because Dr. Maka was here today. Please come join us and please share, like our videos and watch our videos. There are several videos that we have made since 2020. And if you have a podcast, you could just check us on Apple, you could check us on Google, you could check us on Amazon Music, and you could check us on Anchor or Spotify. All you need to type there is CADA Matters, C-A-D-A. CADA is an acronym for Church Against Domestic Abuse and Matters as in the word matters. Here on CADA Matters, we believe that God hates abuse. There's no excuse for abuse and the church, which is you and I say no to domestic abuse. Till we come your way again, we're saying a big shout out to Dr. Maka Abadei for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for your patience. And a shout out to all our guests and all who would watch this. Don't forget to like, share our videos. Have a lovely evening and enjoy your weekend. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed and learned from today's session. Till we come your way again, remember, God hates abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. The church, which is you and I, 
say no to domestic abuse.